The newest hero to come to Broadway is SpongeBob. You might be surprised, but SpongeBob the Musical is a hot smash hit that's been lauded by critics and theatergoers everywhere, thanks to incredible music from the likes of David Bowie, Panic at the Disco, John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, Steven Tyler, Lady Antebellum, and more. And it's conceived and directed by the Steppenwolf Theater's avant-garde Tina Landau. And we've got a special offer. Go to SpongeBobBroadway.com and use code MOM to get incredible deals through June 3rd, 2018, like Friday night orchestra seats for just $79. That's SpongeBobBroadway.com with the code MOM. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. So Liz. Kristen. On today's episode of Spawn, we're talking about Facebook. Because you know why? Everyone's talking about Facebook. Everyone is. And you know what? I want to sing this for you. Should, should I stay or should, should I go, go now? Oh, I was like a good Clash <laughs> reference mixed in with my social media cautionary I tales. I try. I know. But seriously, we are going to be talking about the issues with Facebook, all these data breaches, and most importantly, what parents need to know and what actions you can take. Uh, yes. And of course, as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So let's jump right in because, wow, this has been some month for Facebook. Actually, as we record this, Zuckerberg is on his second day yes. testifying directly in front of the House. First of all, have you seen some of those photos yes. of like the 800 cameras around him? <laughs> I like needed three Xanax just to look at the photo. I know, but you know what? I've been watching the video and you know, our yeah. friend Rachel Hersher, who runs Today's Mama, just posted this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm, how about that? And she was saying how as annoyed and frustrated and however we feel about Facebook right now, can we just say how ill-prepared these senators and people who should know what the hell they're talking about are? my gosh. (laughs) There are so many articles. Mediaite has a really good one, but we can link to a bunch of them about the internet just roasting the senators for, you know, their out-of-touch questions. Essentially, like, no one under 57 asked a question for a long time, and all three of the senators that led are, like, 84. And this is not an ageist thing. The reality is I will never know as much about the internet as my kids will. And somebody who's 84 and, you know, works in politics, not in the internet, will not know as much as, like, the younger senators. So it was kind of hilarious and kind of awful. Yes. There were some really great moments, actually. I miss those because I was just watching him respond to Orrin Hatch, mostly because we get this question, too, right on Cool Mom Picks. I don't know if you get it. I get it all the time. And the question is, well, if people aren't paying for the service, how are you making money? People ask me that all the time. And I'm just like, we run ads. <laughs> they don't understand publishing. No. I mean, you don't have to pay for like your local, you know, the Brooklyn Gazette or whatever, and they still make money selling ads. That's a crazy question. Right. And then I think it was actually Orrin Hatch also was trying to ask who's your competition. And he was giving actually what I thought was a pretty nuanced answer. He was like, well, on one hand, there's like Google and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and all these platforms. And he's like, I what? I don't understand this. This is crazy. He goes, if I had a Ford and I didn't like a Ford and I had to get a new car, I could name the competition. So what's your competition? And he's like, uh, uh, like, Facebook is not a Ford. 
<laughs> it's not like a product where you can just go to another product. So they were trying to get at, like, do you have a monopoly is what they were really asking. But, you know, we're talking about a digital platform that does so many things for people. That's like saying, does Microsoft have a monopoly? Well, they make software and right, they have right. email and they have internet services and they have hardware and they make computers. Yeah. And it's not as simple as, like, who's your competition? Yeah. But you know what I really liked? I don't know if you caught this. Senator Durbin, Dick Durbin, he's, like, so lawyery and awesome. It was, like, right out of, like, L.A. Law or, I don't know. <laughs> What's more recent than that? <laughs> I don't know. You're taking me the way back wife. to that one. The good wife. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so he opened up by saying... You know, Mr. Zuckerberg, would you mind telling us right now, for the record, what hotel you stayed at last night? And Mark Zuckerberg was like, I, oh, well, actually, I, I would not like to tell you. And he's like, oh, really? Privacy. <laughs> you know, basically. Oh, come on, though. So, no, no, it was good. It was really, it was a good lead. And he was like, well, would you mind turning over your text messages this week? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, okay, so don't you think that other people have a right to privacy? And that, I thought that was actually a very good, interesting lead in, even though I don't think privacy is the only issue here. You know, there's the kind of overthrowing of democracy issue and like helping in a, yeah, essentially I mean, illegal actions in an election. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a good way to lead into the privacy questions. Well, why are we talking about Facebook in the first place? I'm assuming most people have heard about the whole Cambridge Analytica issue. But if you, I don't know, aren't on Facebook, don't watch the news, don't look at your phone ever, maybe you don't know what's going on, or maybe you've heard Cambridge Analytica and you really don't know what the deal is. So Liz, I think it would be great. Just give like the TLDR about okay, this. Okay, I'll give people. you like the one sentence. And by yep. the way, my seventh grader even said she was studying it in school. Mm. So I think that's kind of cool. Very interesting. Okay, so basically what happened was this group, Cambridge Analytica, they developed an app. It was a quiz app, and it had shady practices for data collection. So you know how sometimes you can log into things using Facebook? Well, there are always these quizzes where it requires you to log in. I never do those. I nope. refuse. Nope. Well, what they did was they used this app that once you logged in, it basically took all of your data, all of your information, and there is an outrageous amount of information on you besides like what photos you like and what restaurants you visited recently. Yeah. yeah. But here's the crazy thing with this app. Not only did it harvest all of your data, but all the data of all of your Facebook friends. So people who didn't even opt in but had like some benign like uncle who was like, oh, this seems like a fun quiz. Like they had their data scraped too. Ugh, it's, it's like the 2018 chain letter, yeah. but worse. <laughs> yes. I but worse. Like, well, like a virus, yeah. more like a virus. Yeah. So anyway, they exposed data on up to 87 million Facebook users. Now, Cambridge Analytica, they're not just like some, you know, marketing company. They are a researcher and a political company that's funded by Steve Bannon, who used to work for Trump, and funded by Rebecca and Robert Mercer, who are huge GOP donors. They also fund Breitbart News. So these are very extreme um, right-wing folks involved. And also foreigners. <laughs> so, you know, British nationals are not supposed to get involved with our election. So they used this data. They scraped it illegally. They harvested it to create psychographic data, like more information than you could possibly imagine they have about you in order to target Facebook ads that could sway the election. So very, very, very highly targeted ads and highly targeted markets based on all this data scraping of you and your friends. And that's what's being investigated now. So that's the shortcut. Yeah, that was 
fantastic. I think it got everybody caught up. I'm sure someone will correct me and they'll be like, nope, you're wrong. Actually, <laughs> so I may, I may have gotten little details wrong, but I think that was pretty good. You know, we talk about <laughs> Facebook privacy all the time. If you haven't been to Cool Mom Tech, now is a great time to go to Cool Mom Tech because we talk about this. We've been talking about Facebook privacy for years. Yeah. Internet privacy, internet security. We have a ton of information. We have written a lot of posts about this specific issue as a means to help parents. Well, I think also once you have kids, you just become so much more aware of privacy issues, right? Well, I hope so. So it, you <laughs> I know, it, so. I think that's one of the reasons it resonates on Cool Mom Tech so much. Like you write such great posts, and everybody thinks about privacy. But when you're like in college and you have kind of nothing to lose, you don't think about it the same way as when you're like an adult and have kids. Yes, and- I didn't worry about eating donuts, and I didn't worry about my privacy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I am really crazy about both. Like 87 million Facebook users scrapes, dude. I have the freshman 15 to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like priorities. But we want to talk about what you can do about your privacy and security, whether you should stay on Facebook, whether you should go. And I love this because I've heard you say this before with lots of things, but there's really no wrong decision here. Right, Liz? No, no, there's not. I mean, so this is not about us telling you that you should stay on or not stay on. I think this is a personal decision. And <laughs> Kristen, there is nothing like an issue like this to bring out all the sanctimonies, right? Like, well, that's why I never joined Facebook. Pat, pat, pat on my oh, own back. Yeah. Or like, that's why I live in a yurt with no access to Wi-Fi or <laughs> microwaves that can infect my brain. You know, like, so you start hearing all the sanctimonious stuff. There will be none of that here. This is like a total non-judgy, hopefully helpful episode. So you can make whatever decision is right for you. Yeah. And I can tell everyone right now, we are not going anywhere because Cool Mom Picks lives a lot on Facebook. Liz and I both live a lot on Facebook. It's a part of our job. So at this point, we're not going anywhere. But certainly there are things for those of you listening that you can do to use caution and be more careful about what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And I'm glad you said more careful because there's just one thing I want to bring up first that I think is really important. So Zenny Jardin from Boing Boing, who's awesome, she had a really great Twitter thread we can link up. I saw it via Elisa Camerhort page. And she said, people who got played by Facebook aren't dummies. They're people. They're users who got used. This whole thing is sad and gross and developed right out there in the clear in our collective blind spot for years. So I don't want people to feel stupid or like they got duped. You know, this is something that happened and now we have to deal with it. So no shame, no guilt. Let's just talk about how to move forward. Exactly. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how this is not just an issue on Facebook. I know we're talking about Facebook, but we don't want to bring in everybody else, but we kind of have to. We have to talk about Google and Twitter and all that stuff. And a great example, and I sent this to you. Do you remember this Twitter feed? Dylan Curran's Twitter feed? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He had this Fantastic. thread. You have to read it. We're going to link everything we talk about up on our Spawn Show podcast page over on Cool Mom Picks. He's I am Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, Curran Ugh. on Twitter. It's Liz, so good. you were obsessed with this. You kept, yes, you were texting I sent it, it to like, like a zillion people. I couldn't stop reading this. So tell everybody what he did. Oh, God. Blech. Okay, so he, I know I'm like, you want me to paraphrase like this 100 tweet thread. So he said, I want to show you how much of your information Facebook and Google store about you without you even realizing it. And by the way, he uses realizing with an S. So I I like the kind of European, Canadian, like wherever he's coming from. Kind of fun to read. (laughs) 
<laughs> so basically, what he did was he did a deep dive into Google and talked about how Google stores your location. If you have location services turned on, I don't actually. Yeah. Um, but I know that limits me from a lot of apps and things people really like. So that every time you turn on your phone, they have that information. What he did was he realized you can see a timeline from the first day you started using Google on your phone of every single place you've been. He found that. And then he talked about how they store your search history across all your devices on a separate database. So even if you delete search history and phone history, they still store absolutely everything. It all exists. They create advertisement profile based on your information that's really detailed, same as Facebook. He talked about all of your YouTube history being stored. I mean, he links to all this stuff and shows you his stuff. Yeah, and I didn't see him as someone who is like super experty computer science geek. Like this is a dude yeah. that just took part of his day and did some searching, some heavy duty searching, and he came up with all this information. And wow. This is what freaked me out is by his 10th tweet. He said <laughs> that Facebook offers a similar option to download all of your information. And his yes. is roughly 600 megabytes, which is about 400,000 Word documents. It's crazy. And that's every message you've ever sent or been sent, every file you've ever sent or been sent, all the contacts in your phone, all the audio messages you've ever sent or been sent. It's like just so crazy. We'll have to link it up because you guys have to see this. And then you'll see what information Google and Facebook have on you. And by the way, unfortunately, this is a lot more of an issue for Android users because of the connection between Android, Google, Google and Facebook. So yes. iPhone users, actually, you're a little bit more protected. Yeah, I agree. A lot of this has to do with Google and the Android being synced up with pretty much every gadget you have. Right. It, it was eye-opening for me. And I am on Facebook and I feel like I am pretty knowledgeable in terms of what I am sharing and what I am doing when I go on Facebook. There's no mystery to it. Like I know what I'm doing when I get on there and I realize that the information is not really mine. And I think a lot of people right. believe that it's like their own personal website and it is not yours. It's not yours. Well, even coming from a publisher perspective, and I know we have like a lot of bloggers and content creators and Instagrammers and stuff who listen to the podcast. And thank you for that. You know, one of the things we've talked about is it's really important to have your own owned media because if you have a personal blog, if you have cool mom pics, if you have your own website, no one can take that away from you. I mean, I suppose they could, but yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah. but that's not going to change. You own that as opposed to Facebook. Pinterest, Instagram, you know, if you're counting on these social networks to enhance your traffic and send you people, those algorithms and that information can change at any time. And some of them can just like go away completely. There's tons of networks that everybody thought would be huge that are gone. So I think it's a good idea anyway to kind of diversify. Uh, I know a lot of moms in particular, they use Facebook like the internet. It's the internet to them. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to women in their mm, 40s, 50s, you know, like at the hair salon or, you know, random people that will say, oh, show me how to get on the internet. And they open Facebook and then hand the phone to me. Weird. And I'm like, but that's not the internet. That's one app. That's called Facebook. And they're like, oh, this isn't the internet. Literally, no. Kristen, this has happened. Yes. It's happened several <laughs> no. times where they're like, you say browser and they don't know what a browser is. Right, so again, right, this right. is not to make fun of people. Yeah. But for a lot of people, Facebook is literally their world. Yep. So yep, yep. I can see why this is so challenging. And they're posting everything and anything. And, and look, like I was on Facebook from the beginning. Then I got off for a while because they started to ban breastfeeding photos. Oh, yeah. That's right. The whole breastfeeding yeah, thing. Yeah. So I got off for a while. Yeah. People are saying now, like, how crazy it is that Mark Zuckerberg said, 
said yesterday that it's going to be probably 10 years before they can accurately detect racist content and hate speech. But yet, somehow, Kristen, they can find like a nipple that you post in three seconds. Yeah, they can find a nipple in a breastfeeding photo pretty fast. Yeah, that's that, easy, was, that was 10 years ago. That was right, a while ago. If you say the N-word, like, oh, no, we can't possibly find that out. I mean, it's it's insanity. So it is I, insanity. Yeah, yeah. All right. So good. there was a really great article. I appreciated this one. And we linked a lot of these up on a guide that we did on Cool Mom Tech. So you can find it that there. That was but a we'll, great guide. It was really helpful because it's a lot of different viewpoints. But this one I liked because it had pros and cons and it was on courts. And it was really thoughtfully going through the pros of staying, but also the cons. You know, a couple of them were like, and I think these are kind of obvious, but there's an emotional connection. I mean, for many people, it's an online scrapbook. It's a baby yeah, book. It's I mean, like I'm, saying, would you throw away your baby book? It like, is. That's scary to think of deleting all that stuff. It is. I'm sure you're the same. I think probably everyone listening, if you're on Facebook, you know, you have some negative stories, but there are a lot of positive stories of being reunited with old friends, old family members that maybe you totally. haven't talked to in a while. And to me, that's a positive. I, I don't think I would have been in touch with those people. Otherwise, there's also look, you and I met through the internet, Kristen. Yes, not on Facebook, <laughs> but the actual internet. When my daughter says to me, I have internet friends or I have online friends, don't make fun of me. I'm like, why would I make fun of you? Like, one of my best friends and my business partner I met through the internet. Like, we started our business for four months before we met in person. So, right, right. these are real friendships. And I think, particularly in groups for things like mental health challenges, postpartum depression, political groups, like you know, the way Pantsuit Nation blew up. I think a lot of the groups on Facebook are really important to people and really valuable. And, you know, I've heard people say things like Facebook has literally saved my life because of the connections I've made there. Yeah. So I, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. And I think, you know, now that message boards, are not, do, can I say that they're not as popular? Because I know they're still around. I know people still use them. But I feel like Facebook groups have taken over in a way. And so, yeah, I agree with you. You know, like I was on Baby Center message boards a long, long time ago, and I transitioned off of those when my kids grew up. Up. Yeah. But I think they're kind of the same way. Maybe they're kind of like message boards for people with older kids. I don't know. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, we have a recipe rescue Facebook group. You can find a Facebook group for anything you're interested yeah, in. Yeah. I think it's actually hurt a lot of the sites like Baby Center and stuff that had huge message boards. I think some of them have actually moved to private communities. Yeah. You know what? Sense. Actually, like, our recipe rescue Facebook group is so great and fun. And it's a couple thousand people all chatting about food and helping each other out. Like, that's a really great, fun resource. And the thing is, you're already on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yep. People are already there, like, checking in and looking at baby pictures and hopefully answering non-scraping quizzes. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. so, so it makes sense to just, like, find your people in groups on the site where you already are. Yeah, yeah, yeah I Plus agree. Plus, there's, like, there's networking, too. There's business yes. networking. And I know LinkedIn is awesome. Right. But, you know, I've done some work with brands where they only want to connect through Facebook groups, where they, like, DM us information, you know, through Facebook Messenger. Not, like, my first choice, but, like, that's how a lot of people just interact from a business perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the cons make sense to me, but there are some things that I didn't really think about. You know, privacy, of course, is the big one. Yeah. Lisa Belkin just came out with a great post. It was on Yahoo about the group of people that really aren't super worried about this. And that's because they were never on Facebook, right? There are people that have not engaged at all on social media. Yeah. Listen, yeah. in one way or another, even if you have your Facebook page completely locked down, you're still friends with people. They 
could still share the stuff that's showing up on your page. I kind of have the feeling that people listening to podcasts are probably on social media. Like, I'm just going to make a big leap and say that if you're, like, tech-savvy enough to, like, find the app on your phone and track down podcasts that you like, that most of our listeners probably are on social media in one form or another. I agree with you. There, there's sure. no people with, like, yurts and no Wi-Fi connection listening to Spawned. Um, if you have a yurt and no Wi-Fi and you listen to Spawned, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> you can email us, Spawned, at CoolMomPics.com. Actually, you know, if you do, we'll actually fly out and, like, do a personal live Spawned in your yurt just for you since you don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Road trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what the big one is? the Facebook drug. Did you read that? I thought that was really telling. Was that a Times article? No, that was in that Quartz article. That was one of the cons. You know what? I didn't see that. Yeah, it's way down at the bottom. And I think it has to do with FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. Look, I do it too. Like when I don't have anything to do or I'm bored, I just go over and I refresh and I use the excuse you know, that I'm doing work, which is hard for me because I kind of am. Like, it could turn into work for me if I mm-hmm. see a good article they don't want to share over on Cool Mom Picks. So the line is very blurred for me, and I think for you too. But for people who don't do it for a living, like, it can be very addictive. Well, yeah. I mean, my mom refused to join for years and years and years. And finally, she's like, I'm joining because that's the only way I can see pictures of my grandkids and the cousins, like her nieces and nephews' kids. Like, Facebook, that was where they were sharing them. So she and her sister, my aunt, she doesn't post anything. I don't think she even has a photo uploaded, but she's on there so she can see stuff that her family's doing. Otherwise, she's right. completely left out. And yeah. I have one aunt who does not have email, is not on a computer. What? She's like a yurt person, except she lives near you <laughs> in well. Philly. And she's just like, I don't need it. I don't want it. And I think that's great. Like, why not? But I also know that she looks over my uncle's shoulder when he, <laughs> there's like pictures of the grandkids to look at. So I think, yeah, I think that's like really legit when you feel like everybody in your circle is talking about something, sharing something, and you're the last to know. That's like not a good feeling, whether it has to do with Facebook or not. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now, we also found some folks who said not to delete Facebook. Like, that is not a good way to go. And there was a huge, like, hashtag delete Facebook. I don't know if that's still right. happening right now. Yeah, but no. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is, like, leading the charge to delete Facebook. He's, he's like, aggressively tweeting because he's okay with being on Twitter. Right. Um, <laughs> tweeting about deleting Facebook. So there's <laughs> there's some irony in that, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. think that's like letting all the other networks like Google, Android platforms, Twitter, Instagram off the hook. I mean, actually, that's the interesting thing is people like Jim Carrey are saying, yeah, let's delete Facebook, but they're not deleting Instagram, which is owned by, by Facebook. Facebook, as is WhatsApp. Twi- like, there are so many other things like refer to the Dylan Curran Twitter feed and Google. I can see what this person is saying. Like, you can be all mad at Facebook, but then there's a bunch of other sites that are doing this too, you know, it's happening everywhere. I think this scandal, if you will, brought this to light for more people. But I think there have been a lot of users over a long period of time who have known that privacy was questionable. Well, we kind of trade that, right? Like, I think you make this decision like, all right, so they have this information about me so they can try to sell me coffee or tell me where the nearest Starbucks is or, you know, push like a hotel ad to me. And people are kind of okay with that. I think the fact that it created a spate of 
of, I hate using this word, but fake news and propaganda like crazy and potentially tilted our election, that's when you go, whoa, this is nefarious. Like this isn't just marketers trying to sell you a Mother's Day gift. This is like really serious stuff that's interfering with democracy. So I think that's also why it's just blown up. For sure. And what do you think about this Baby Center article too? I mean, it kind of talks about what we had mentioned as well, that for so many parents, Facebook is a baby book and its community as well, but also, you know, so many photos. And what's interesting, I don't know about you, like I never really shared a ton of photos on Facebook until probably maybe the last three or four years. Like I get those Mm. on this day notifications and they really don't go back that far because I really didn't start sharing them because I I just, I was very distrustful. I did did not trust Facebook. You know what? I share my Instagram photos there. I don't tend to use Facebook as like my hub in the same way. I'm more on Twitter and Instagram. So I will share the Instagram. Instagram photos onto Facebook, but I don't necessarily upload things directly onto Facebook. Not so much. Sometimes I do. You know, Maggie Down's article that you mentioned from March on uh, Baby Center is really worth reading about a lot of moms are quitting Facebook, but I know I won't be able to, is what she admits. And she talked about some of the stuff we talked about, that she really struggled with postpartum depression after her son was born and that social media was her lifeline and that she can't dismiss it. And she's basically willing to give up some things for the benefits that she gets. It's, It's really worth taking a look at because I think, you know, we all are kind of considering what are the trade-offs and it's easy to be black and white about it like nope I won't do it but it's really murky and it is a gray area and it's nice to read perspectives like that to help us form our own yeah I am not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going anywhere. And it's not because I'm not so worried about, like, my photos and all that jazz. I don't know how you feel about it. Oh, I could download them. Yeah. (laughs) It's mostly because it's, like, my job. You know what? For me, it's also groups. Basically, if I go to Facebook at all, that's where I go. And that's how I connect with, like, people around certain issues that we care about or organizations we're involved with. And I really love those communities. And I suppose we could move it to Slack if we really need. That's, like, our plan B. If we need, we will go to Slack. And Slack is a great app, you guys. It's amazing how many people, like parents especially, don't seem to know it yet. I'm actually trying to get my kids' theater club parents all on (laughs) Slack so that they could stop emailing us 400 things. I'm like, just go on Slack. Just go to Slack. (laughs) Yeah, Slack is becoming, uh, I think, much more popular beyond the workspace, which is where I think, you know, obviously it's life-changing in the workspace. But I'm curious to see what happens with Slack in the personal space, you know, over the next year, for sure, especially with situations like this, with Facebook. Facebook and Google and Twitter and the social networks, like who's going to rise to the top? And also who's going to make a big leap forward and maybe take some of the disgruntled people or whoever they are and, and help them out. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, what are some other tips you would say? Like, what do you think people can do if you decide to stay? Oh, I mean, lots. obviously you can kind of spread out the love and you can join other social networks so everything is not. <laughs> yeah, so all your data Slack. is all over the place and not just in one place. Yeah. <laughs> no, so my number one rule is I do not sign up for things using Facebook. I just don't. Same. I create a login with my email and a password and I do not sign up for anything using Facebook. I know it's a lot easier. Listeners, I hear you. I feel your pain. I know Yeah, you can click that one big easy blue button. It's so easy. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I don't do that. And that's why I recommend one password. If you have one password. One password. I know I got to get it set up. I have yeah, it. It's get downloaded. It. Then, you, then it's so easy to just create a password and, you and know, then you're done. Like it's all automated the same as if you sign in with Facebook. Um, and actually you have in that post how to check your data on Facebook and see what third party apps you're subscribed to. And people should do that right away because you're probably going to be surprised. Um, I only had about six and they were all things I pretty much knew. Like, so I was connected via Twitter. Like there were a couple 
um, let's see, like Open Table apps that I kind of trust. What else? TripAdvisor. I was connected through Facebook because I wanted to see what other friends were liking. But that's kind of it. Like there weren't many at all. Did you have any other apps at all that I you were connected? I had some with? weird ones that I admit I don't remember doing from someone who just yelled at people <laughs> to not sign up for things using Facebook. I admit that there were way more than I expected. And you know what? I'll be honest. I've gotten a little lazy. I used to not be as lazy and now I am. And so this was like a huge check for me. I kind of shut things down pretty well. So for me to get lazy doesn't mean like, you know, I've got everything all over the internet for everyone to see. But I have to say, I was surprised. Yeah. So, okay, number one. Go to our site. And we'll tell you how to disconnect third-party apps. Really important. And along with that, just check your settings in general, right? You know, Facebook, I think, is actually pretty good about asking you every so often to check your privacy settings. But most people just kind of exit out because it's like, wait, I have a baby photo to look at over here. So make sure you just take a few minutes to do that. And by the way, while you're checking your settings, holy cow, oh, no. like to look and see the list of ads and interests they have on you is unbelievable. Okay, so I haven't done this yet because I am a little scared, but I know you did. It's crazy. You did. And we have a walkthrough again on Cool Mom Tech. You should do this because, oh my gosh, you were on my thread on my Facebook page. Ha, <laughs> irony. You were telling me some of the things that you found. Can you talk about that? Because it was crazy. Yeah, well, first of all, it was pretty good in terms of like people you've liked, right? So there was like Anne Lamott, David Sedaris, Gretchen Rubin. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've liked all these people. Donald Trump. I'm like, no, I've never liked anything from Donald Trump. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Then when you go into like hobbies and interests, here's some of the things they had for me. Association football slash soccer. (laughs) Hunting. Hunting. Sports. Swing bowling. I don't even know what swing bowling is. Bullet. Literally bullet with a picture of bullets. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not into hunting bullets or soccer or swing bowling, whatever that is. It might be fun, actually, but (laughs) I'm not into it right now. Mm, That sounds interesting. And then it would also give you the ability to see all the brands that you might have liked a post from. And I was like, oh, I never liked this. It was literally like cities in Europe I've never heard of. Like some Eastern European travel destination. I'm like, I can't even pronounce that. It has a lot of consonants. <laughs> so there were definitely things that were inaccurate about me. But the things that were accurate, it's a little freaky, like how much they knew. Am I okay with the fact that they know that I like Anthony Bourdain and David Sedaris? Absolutely. But I don't want them thinking I like hunting and bullets. <laughs> like, I don't like hunting and bullets. <laughs> that um, Now I really have to go check because when I heard yours, I was like, what is going yeah, on? It's, it's also just fascinating to see what kind of impressions they can gather from you based on likes, connections, friends. One of the things it said is that I... Uh, have a lot of friends who really like soccer. Mm. I don't know why it would be important that I have friends that like soccer. Maybe right. they want to like pitch me soccer gifts for people or something. Maybe. I'm like, maybe that's because Kristen is like a soccer mom. I don't know. <laughs> you're a hockey mom though. <laughs> Close enough. I am not a soccer mom. I... No, you're really not. No. So we said on our Facebook page, I said, I don't know why they think that I have a lot of friends that really like soccer, but all these other readers were like, oh, I got that one too. That's really weird. The other thing is it had things as specific as you are friends with the man who is having a birthday in seven to 30 days. What? So that people, you know, when they're running ads, if they're selling gifts, they can select that kind of audience. Now, here's the thing. I've got like 2,000 friends. Of course, one of them is probably having a birthday this month, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> so. That's odd. Yeah. That's really Yeah, weird. it's odd. But anyway, it's worth checking that stuff because you guys will be shocked or, you know, at minimum entertained. Yeah, there you go. Entertained by how you're being labeled <laughs> for advertising. <laughs> it was, really, it was pretty interesting. So, yeah, I would definitely say check all of those settings. 
like, go deep. Click on everything. Like, just set aside an hour while you're listening to the podcast or watching TV or zoning out to music and just go through it and do it. Now, what else would you say? I mean, a big one for me always is to clear my cookies and browsing data and history. Yeah. And I do that regularly. Control, shift, delete. Yes. On a MacBook. Do that. But also remember that they're going to pile up again. Like, it has to be a regular occurrence. So, you know, mark Mm -hmm. it in your calendar. Make it like the first of every month or the first and 15th of every month so that it's a regular occurrence. Right. And you can use tracker blockers, safer search engines, people like DuckDuckGo. You know what? I don't use those. I use Chrome and Safari kind of like everybody else. Yeah, I do too. But they are really, really buttoned up and tight when it comes to what is seen. Because, you know, your IP address is tracked. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that because a lot of people like to use privacy mode or incognito mode. But that really doesn't protect your privacy. Oh, yeah. By the way, any trolls listening, yes. if you're hate listening to us and you send us like hate mail at Cool Picks, we see all your information. <laughs> <laughs> we see your IP. We know where you live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So actually, actually, yeah, I think people don't realize like how much information they send out even just by like filling out a form, let alone doing a whole quiz on Facebook. But anytime you just leave a comment on a blog, even if you think it's anonymous, somebody has that information. Well, and a lot of people think incognito mode actually blocks you from other people. But all it does is it just doesn't save your data on your own computer. And by data, it just means where you visited. So everything is still tracked. I was so glad you wrote a post about that. That's a big one. Don't take any quizzes or personality tests. Like maybe that's kind of obvious. I mean, do it if you know the source. (laughs) Like if it's like some BuzzFeed quiz quiz, you know, that's fine. But you don't need to know like what flavor bagel you are. (laughs) It's just not important. You don't need to know like which day of the week you are. (laughs) I know. And so anything that makes you log in or anything that goes to a site that is like questionable or weird, just don't do it. Stick with Cool Mom Picks, BuzzFeed, Washington Post, just, you know, the top three trusted sites. I don't know why I said that. Exactly. And then what do you think about talking to your kids? You know, your kids are old enough. They're on social media. My kids, some of them are old enough. They're on social media. How are you talking to them about this situation? Um, I'm glad they're studying it in school. I mean, we just have talked about privacy from the beginning. You know, you and I have always said that having the tech talk with kids, and we have whole episodes about this, is like having the sex talk. Like, you got to talk early and often. One of my favorite posts on Cool Mom Tech is about how to be a good digital citizen, how to raise good digital citizens. And it's really like just the few things you need to know. And it's about like treat people the way you want to be treated. Know that you leave a footprint everywhere you go. Really, really, really basic stuff. And when you drill it down to that, it's actually not that hard to talk about. It's like you don't have to get into all the technicalities of Cambridge Analytica to talk to your kids about privacy. As far as Facebook specifically, I mean, my kids have zero interest in it. How about yours? Yeah. (laughs) No interest in Facebook. My kids don't either. But I think it's important for them to know in terms of an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So you can talk about, you know, people use this and they feel like it's their own website and they don't understand that it's Facebook because my kids, I mean, I feel like they know a little bit more than maybe some kids out there because I work in tech. I have a tech website. I feel like they should be a little bit up on these issues. (laughs) But even so, like they're clicking on ads sometimes or they're, you know, and I'm like, yo, just because it's flashing at you doesn't mean you click on it. Totally. Yes, that's a great point. And especially on Instagram. You know, one thing actually I do talk to my kids about is DMs, whether it's 
text messaging or through Instagram or other apps that I've told them, even though you think it's private, like if you've got to say something private, call someone on the phone. Like don't put it in writing if it's really, really private because it can show up. Someone can screenshot it. So they're actually really conscientious about that. If they're in a private DM group, you know, that's and they start like talking trash about another kid. My daughter will be like, I don't want to be in this. Remove me from the thing. So I, I think <laughs> I, I know. I think it's great. I mean, I don't know how long that will last. Right, right. That's right. not a humble brag. Like I think she's she's great now at 12. I don't know how she'll be at 14. But um, they've kind of had it drilled into them like your kids about privacy. And, you know, honestly, just the other day, her friend was asking her to join WhatsApp. And because in part it's owned by Facebook, I said, no. <laughs> There's a, another app called Signal that I have on good recommendation from my boyfriend that is a, a very good alternative and it's encrypted and it's probably a lot safer than WhatsApp. But I know all her friends are on WhatsApp, so that's a tough thing to say no to. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. I think it's going to grow increasingly harder. My daughter is going to high school next year. I know. She's on Instagram, but that's about it. And she really just kind of uses it as a news feed more than a connection feed, if you will. I don't think she connects as much. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining entertainment they just watch those like cake decorating videos all day or like those yeah, those yeah, satisfying yeah, yeah. videos where it's just like factories cranking out you know like nilla wafers or whatever <laughs> over and over and over again <laughs> they really like that stuff. yeah no i agree well listen we would love to hear from you what are you gonna do are you gonna stay on facebook are you deleting facebook what are you doing to make it um more private and safer drop us an email spawned at coolmompics.com you can even message us on facebook but you know <laughs> Zuck might actually see what you're sending us. Actually, I don't think we have messaging open through Cool Mom Picks. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know what? We're going to have to ask you to use old fashioned email. Email. Spawned at coolmompicks.com. But you can, leave us a but you can hit Facebook. us up on Twitter, Instagram. Like, we're, we're very responsive. We love hearing from our listeners and our readers. Yep, we do. And we will be right back after this. So, Kristen, I have to tell you that, you know, sometimes kismet happens with our sponsors. And our latest sponsor is SpongeBob the Musical. Do you know, literally this morning, I recommended this to my stepmother? No! Yes! That's awesome! So I, I will be totally honest. When I first heard SpongeBob the Musical, I just thought it was like a little kid thing. Theater people that I know and completely trust are like, Liz, it's awesome. It's so hip. It's so funny. It's sharp. It's great for adults. I'm like, really? Yes. And and it's become like a huge hit on Broadway. My kids are dying to see it. And I'm like, all right, I'll go. And now here they are as our sponsor. I'm really excited. Well, I'm reading about this because, you know, I'm a musical nerd. Yeah. You are a musical nerd. We both have kids that are musical nerds. And so, oh my gosh, the music, yeah. David Bowie, Panic at the Disco, John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, Steven Tyler. I mean, it's insane. Lady I um, I know. I mean, they had me at David Bowie, honestly. But we, you know what? We should get together and um, go with the kids. I'm not kidding. <gasps> that would be so, so awesome. Yeah. The kids love this show, and it looks so creative. And then, of course, the New York Times is calling Ethan Slater's brilliant breakout performance a once-in-a-lifetime match of actor and character. And, you know, and New York Times does not like just every musical. <laughs> this is true. That's for sure. So this is true. There's a lot of cred right there. Plus, you know what's cool? I didn't even realize this until recently. Do you know Steppenwolf Theater? Because they're like very well yes. respected, amazing theater. Yes. So Tina Landau from Steppenwolf Theater is the one who conceived and directed this. So this is like a hot ticket on Broadway, you know, in both senses of the word. And <laughs> we have an incredible deal. I was looking at these prices and it is insane. I know, insane. that's where we're going to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have to. It's spongebobbroadway.com. And if you go there, if you use the code MOM, 
Make sure it's all caps. M-O-M. M-O-M, if you don't know how to spell mom. (laughs) And I'm looking here, $99 mid-orchestra and prime mez seats. On Friday nights. Yeah, I can't believe that. And Sunday nights, which is amazing. I know, that's really good. And then Saturday nights, if you want mid-orchestra seats, it's like $119.89, if you don't mind sitting on the side. Like, really great deals. But the one catch, you got to go before June 3rd, 2018. So you got a couple months Kristen, I'm not kidding. We should do this. We should bring all the kids. Oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm looking right now. So anyway, you're going to find all the information as well on our podcast page. But listen, just go to spongebobbroadway.com. Use that code MOM and score yourself some fantastic tickets to this super awesome, exciting show. Maybe we'll see you there. Now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! Kristen, can I go first? Yes, you may. Okay. So you ask so nicely. Oh, well, I'm going to take a totally different <laughs> tack here. Switch gears 100%. Okay. Here's a beauty pick. I know that our listeners love when we do beauty picks. Now, you have done the eyelash extension thing, which I am dying to try because now I'm getting old and I have no eyelashes and I Ugh. hate doing mascara all the time. But I have found the next best thing. I can't believe it. What? The next best thing to like false eyelashes or eyelash extensions. Oh my God. Wait, hold on. Yes. Did you try these? Yes. Oh my God. It's, I'm so excited. Called, and you haven't even said what they are. It's called Magnifibers. Ugh. I think they just showed up in some gift bag I got at some I point. Am on I the didn't ground. even look at them for like a year. I, I tried them on. It. it is so good. No. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm clicking right now. I can't take it's it. It's fiber, F I B R E S. So it's like fancy okay. British. Fibre. I'm looking. Fibre. I'm looking right now. Magnifibers.com. And we will link this up, like all the places you can find them on Cool Mom Picks. So I'm going to actually do a whole post about them because I love them. So they're called Brush On False Eyelashes. And it looks like mascara in a tube with like a mascara wand, but you pull it out and it's like white and flaky. And basically what it is, is you put on mascara and then you put on like these fibers over it. And it just, it looks like you're like brushing your eyelashes with kind of like white flaky feathers. Okay. So you kind of want to be careful that you're not getting it in your eye. Right. And then you let it dry for a second and then you go over it with another coat of mascara top and bottom. You know that awesome picture I put on Instagram of me and like three friends in a photo booth at like this uh, rock and roll event last week and I had like really good eye makeup <laughs> it's because i was using magnifibers what? and I, i'm oh like i have eyes gosh. i have eyes because i have little magnifibers eyes. okay okay hold on it's good so stuff. these are different than the ones that i've seen because the ones that i have seen are like magnetic no and they magnetize whatever was that the right term i don't even know oh my god i sound like an idiot right now they they attach like top and bottom mm-hmm. with magnets nope this is like no fuss it's literally like putting on a second coat of mascara i can I cannot wait to try this. I cannot wait. Because you know what happened to me? I'm going to tell everyone. I had those eyelash extensions yeah. that are super expensive and you have to upkeep them every couple weeks. And I loved them. I know. You know I, I love them. them. I want them. Like, I have to travel next week. I'm like already researching where can I get them. I know. And they look fabulous. They're, they're fantastic. But here's the thing. I decided to use something called Lash Boost, which is by Rodan and Fields. It's kind of, there's like other things that you can put on your eyelashes to basically make them stronger. Okay. You've probably heard of some different products. I They're like, those. you might just want to do that. Um, oh, Latisse is another one. Oh, I've heard on. of that. I haven't tried this right. though. So I put it on my lashes and I had an allergic reaction. Oh! <gasps> Oh, no. So I had to take my lashes off. Is it like a chemical that's supposed to grow your lashes or something? Yeah. Well, here's here's what I found out, that Lash Boost, the only people that this person has heard have a reaction is someone with a gluten allergy. And I am totally off gluten. 
wow. So then I was like, oh, no, that's probably what it was. So I'm so excited about this because I've been missing my lashes. Well, I'm glad you share that with people. First of all, that's a really good tip. Yeah. But yeah, well, magnify just... It's like super weird. You're like brushing on like flaky, like confectioner sugar almost like on your eyes. That's so And then really once that dries, because it's made it longer, they're fibers, then you're just coating it. Otherwise, you'd have white eyelashes. So then you coat it with um, mascara again. And like it's, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's as extreme a difference before and after as you see on the packaging, but it's pretty darn good. I really like it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yay! Well, mine is not a beauty product at all. Okay. And I hope you're as equally excited about my pick because I know you love to hear about the best TV shows. I do. And I think I might have one up on you. I think you might not have seen this yet. Uh-oh. It's called Killing Eve. No. And it's on BBC America. It is so good. You have to watch it. Um, one episode right now. That's Maybe two great. by the time this airs. Yeah. So it's starring Sandra Oh. I think most people know her from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she's awesome. And she is a detective. Not not CIA, I guess, whatever the British version of that is. I can't think of it oh, right like now. Oh, like the MI6? Or? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So British equivalent of the CIA. Okay. That's who she is. And there is an assassin on the loose who's also a woman. So do you see two strong female characters right here? And this woman is a psychopath. And Sandra Oh's character is super smart and really obsessed with assassins and trying to figure out who this person is. I've only watched one episode. Thank you. And they loved it. And I agree. I agree. So bookmark it right now. I will. Actually, you know what? Can I come in with like one extra cool pick? Because I realize I have a really awesome show too that I actually think you would like. I know you're very picky about shows. Okay. So there is a new series called Trust. Have you heard about this? No. Uh-uh. It's based on truth story of the Getty family, like John Paul Getty, like really rich Gettys, Getty Images, Getty Museum, right? Yes. And yes, yes. the oil tycoon, Getty, is played by Donald Sutherland. And it's all about his heirs and him trying to like figure out who's going to take over his company. And he's got this like total hippie 70s era grandson who gets kidnapped in Rome. What? And it's super fun and crazy. And the cat is unbelievable. It's directed, first of all, by Danny Boyle. Oh, So people yes. who love Danny Boyle movies, it's really cool. Hilary Swank is in it. What? She plays Gail Getty. Brendan Fraser. This is Brendan Fraser's comeback. What? He plays like... Oh my gosh. Well, it's, I think it might be Hilary Swank's comeback too. Yeah. Because we haven't seen anything from her. So. Oh my God. The cast is so amazing. Everybody in it is so good. You watch it and you're like, who's that guy? Wait, what was he in? What was he in? The writing is awesome. Anyway, it's only running one episode at a time. Like, you can't binge it. Although you can can catch up with it on FX, but it's called Trust. There's only a couple episodes so far, two or three, I think, and uh, totally worth it. Really fun. Really fun. And not like super violent and gross, so you won't, you know, it's not Game of Thrones with the Gettys. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Two picks for people, plus some awesome lashes. And of course, you can find all of these over on coolmompicks.com on our podcast page. You'll find everything that we talked about there. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. I know. Well, also good things for you all to watch while you're checking your Facebook privacy settings. (laughs) Exactly. Well, listen, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who makes us sound fabulous every week. And uh, we love hearing from you. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. In fact, you can actually do that right now while you're listening. 
on your smartphone while you're checking your privacy settings. Hit subscribe to us. We don't take any of your information. Nope. None of it. Not one <laughs> bit. Of it. And even if we did, we would not sell it to try to compromise democracy or influence elections. <laughs> exactly. That's our pledge and to you, listeners. <laughs> Be sure to download or save our episodes. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Should I stay or should I go?